0: Welcome back on to the Backstretch and we're a little late getting this week's episode on but with good reason. I'm actually in Daytona covering the 500 for my parent company Sinclair Broadcast Group and it's been kind of a hectic week. It's also been a fun week. I mean I love racing. This is what I love to do and being down here for NASCAR's biggest weekend has been outstanding. I've been fascinated this week by just how much it feels like NASCAR is back. And I don't say that lightly, right? But the crowds are outstanding. The energy feels high. I've been covering this sport for 20 years. And honestly, I don't think I felt this kind of energy in almost 20 years. I'll be interested to see what it looks like on Sunday when the green flag actually drops for the Daytona 500. But I feel like it could be um, a pretty good, great crowd and a pretty outstanding weekend as far as fan excitement and energy around the sport. I certainly hope so. I know from a media perspective, there are far more media this week than there have been in years at a NASCAR race. So we'll see. could be fun. Action-packed podcast this week. We've got a couple of pretty great guests, so let's get right to it. We are joined now by Ross Chastain, driver of the number one for track house racing. Ross, we gotta start with how's the transition to the new team going?
1: It's going good. And I think if if any NASCAR driver told you otherwise right now, at this point of the season, they'd be making something up because everything is good right now, right? We've prepared for months and now we're in Daytona. Uh, but for us specifically, you know, the foundation that chip and CGR built over 20 years. Um, has rolled into what track house is now you know the track house of last year is not what we are now we're we're our own campus uh 8500 westmoreland drive at concord and we are bringing two cars to the cup series every week to compete and um, i've got a lot of familiar faces on my side uh with down to my crew chief and engineers and most of them and and mechanics pit crew spotter uh, we kept a lot of the group together so it's uh been good
0: because of that, I'm assuming that makes a transition easier. because you've made team changes before, but I'm guessing this is probably one of the smoother ones. It is. It's probably
1: the biggest team change. I mean, switching cup teams in the Cup Series is a big deal, and this one couldn't have been any probably less exciting, really, for me because I still go to the same place every day. Uh, I still drive to the same shop. I still have the same you know, boys and girls that are helping me be just the best race car driver I can be, so... Uh, yeah, really. For the the name change to bring in Pitbull and Justin Marks as, as our new owners, and Ty Norris as our president, uh, you know, it's really been it's been one of the easiest transitions I've ever had. This allowed me to focus on the racing and my my racecraft because I'm going up against my heroes on track, but they're my competitors now, and we want to beat them.
0: So let's talk about this race, the Daytona 500. I mean, it's such a massive race. You know that you can't approach it any different than you normally do but i mean this race is different
1: it is i mean yeah the the, the repercussions of winning this race will ripple throughout your entire career and life you are always anybody that's won this they are always introduced as the daytona 500 champion you don't get that in any other race unless you win the championship for the season so um yeah it's uh it's every kid knows about the daytona 500 right you know the you know, you know these big races as a as a kid. And whether you're a race fan or not, you've heard about them. So, um, yeah, we kick off our year with this, and and for me, it's close to home. I have a lot of friends and family here, and um, it's it's really cool to see them. No, we've talked about this
0: before, but we get new people all the time. Talk about Watermelon Man. I feel like it's grown so much in the first since the first time you and I talked about it, probably five years ago.
1: Yes, yeah, I mean, it has. It's evolved because it started as a way to have a good excuse to talk about agriculture, because that is what got me into the sport. I mean, it's what's, it's, it's what my family's livelihood has been for now eight generations with my brother and Chad and me being eighth generation waterborne farmers. And, and I'm pr- we're proud of that. We're proud that we've been able to grow and evolve and a lot of families farmed a long time ago and it's only gotten harder. Um, to stay in the game and to stay in the industry. So we're proud of that. And um, yeah, we, we, we wanted, I wanted people to know about watermelons way before they knew about my name. I didn't care if they knew Ross Chastain. I just wanted them to know watermelons and melon man. And we evolved it into a brand. And now, uh, you know, I think some people probably root for me just for the watermelon smash when we win. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause I, I don't care what people do with watermelons as long as they're buying them. So that's fine by me. Are you surprised that people picked up on that so quick? Because I feel like
0: everybody was instantly like, yes, watermelons, we love it.
1: Well, I, I think that being different in a sport that we're inside the car and you don't see our faces a lot unless before or after the race, but for the casual fan, like they can they can remember me, no matter what car meant, just because of the watermelon. And I think that's more guys and girls probably need to be different. We need to, we need to have our own things. It doesn't need to be forced, but if you have something that makes you stand out, we need to, we need to magnify that. We need to push that and blast it out to, to the masses. And and I'm just fortunate enough that mine comes very natural for me. Mine comes very close to home with my family. Um, You know, my, my granddad gets excited whenever he hears somebody talk about the melon man. He's like, you just, we don't know how many watermelons we're selling, but we know we're selling them. And that's, that's, you know, the rising tide raises all ships. So it helps the whole industry. That's
0: awesome. Well, let's talk about uh, this week. What's the racing been like? What's the transition been like with the new car? Um, I talked to a few drivers since the duels, and they all say that there's not a huge change, but there is there is some.
1: Yeah, there there's there's a change year to year for me because I'm used to changing teams and changing series and all that. But um, for the Cup car, yes, it's it is, and we're still learning this. Now this car is in the hands of the smartest people in the sport. Uh these race teams are gonna find areas to make them faster, to make them handle better, sometimes maybe handle worse. And NASCAR is gonna have to react accordingly. We saw that with the skew rule update um the mm-hmm. other night after practice, and we got them squared back up, and now we're unintended off to the races to find the next gray area and keep pushing to to make these make our car faster than everybody else's. So um it's still a race car. We can still go race and we're going to bump draft and we can still crash. And I think we're going to put on a heck of a show. From today so I know you were fast in single car runs and qualifying. How's she going to race? Actually better than I thought. So when we were so fast by ourselves, I was worried it might be a bit of a handful to hang on to. And, uh, our duel last night was fine. We were, we were still fast and, uh, it drove pretty good too. So I was, I was worried I might come out with a, a headache and a backache out of the duel. But, um, we we're good and uh, it's it's cool to see the evolution from the first test down here in Daytona a few months ago to now um, proud of the effort of the whole sport and especially track trackhouse
0: well thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it hopefully we'll see you smashing the
1: watermelon on Sunday that's the goal we're working towards it
0: right now I have a very special guest joining me I'm actually gonna have her say her name because I'm terrible at saying Spanish names and my Spanish, Family would actually die if they heard me mispronounce it. So, say your name for me. Giselle Sarur. All right, <laughs> and you are with Fox Sports Deportes. Yeah.
2: All with right,
0: Fox Deportes. Yeah. So, um, tell me, you're going to be the first ever his uh, Spanish his Spanish woman or Hispanic Hispanic or, Latina Hispanic, Latina yeah Latina woman to uh, be on pit road calling a race. How in the world did you get involved in racing? <laughs>
2: So it started more than ten years ago when I started in, in uh, sports journalism. Uh, I started covering different sports, but motorsport fulfilled my heart. No, I was uh, I started mostly doing Formula One, so I get involved a lot into sport, and there was not only Formula One; was well, also some NASCAR and uh, Formula E and rallies, and so. Um, yeah, it's this passion at this, uh, you know, the thing about sports that you never know what's going to happen, plus the adrenaline that motorsports has. So um, I love it. I love it. That's the way that I start, like, to get involved, like, uh, doing some coverage, race by race uh, in Formula One following different seasons. So, uh, yeah, that's... Like long story short, that's the way I started in in motorsports when I started my my career in journalism.
0: So do you have a favorite? And be honest, because I love indie cars, right? I love NASCAR, but I love indie cars. Do you like is Formula Formula One like your heart?
2: Yeah, yeah, because of the time that I've been there, you know, more than ten years, and doing race by race season. So yeah, I think. Yeah, to be honest, Formula One is... My, <laughs> it's okay. Like I yeah. said, IndyCar is indie cars my thing. I yeah. love the
0: speed of that, so yeah. I can understand. So when you made the transition into, into stock cars, what was the biggest surprise or the biggest difference?
2: Uh, the closest that the fans can get to the drivers and to the cars. Because, you know, in Formula One, it's a little bit restrictive, let's say. Uh, I was surprised this weekend to see during the practice session that there were like some VIPs and people in the garage, and I was like, "What? But uh, no, like, am, uh, am I in the correct place? You know, because I, in Formula One, it's it's not possible if you are media or part of the team. And certain media, not all the media, can get into the into the garage during the practice session. So I was super surprised about that. Yeah. So, what are you looking most forward to this weekend? Oh, for me, it's a big responsibility to be the first uh, Latin woman to be reporting for from uh, Pit Road, uh, and I, I, of course, and I, I'm honored. But it's a big responsibility because I don't want to be the last Latina to to do it. So for me, it's very important to, of course, do a good job and embrace them to to uh, embrace more more Latinas to show them that they can do it, that they can follow their dreams, and they can achieve every goal that they have in their lives
0: um as a latina how cool is it for you to come in and see drivers like daniel suarez yeah. who have uh, similar backgrounds and also be yeah. able to have him talk to your audience in spanish yeah
2: yeah, yeah. I, I love daniel he uh, i know him since he was racing in mexico so we have a good uh relationship uh of course he's my favorite no right. <laughs> i won't deny it. he's my favorite but yeah um as you mentioned it's the same kind of story uh, about uh, success or about uh, non-stopping looking for 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 your dream you know you knock a door and if it's closed you go to knock another so i think that's the uh, the the goal in life in everything that you want to do that's a goal so i feel very proud that daniel um it's raising nascar that he's uh, now in this new team in Trackhouse Racing, and he's hopefully getting good results. Uh he's b- very uh, confident about that. That the team is is improving, and that they will have a, a good season. So I always say that if he, if everything goes uh, well for him, it will go for everyone. You know. So it's the same in this time. Like if I do things correctly, I know that more Latino women can can have the opportunity.
0: Well, I love seeing diversity in the in, yeah. the in the garage. When I first started covering the sport 20 years ago, I looked around and I was like, um, okay, it's me and, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, no okay. one else. So I love seeing it here, and I love seeing drivers and, and reporters. I wish you so much luck tomorrow. Thank
2: you very much. It's Thank so you very cool much. what you're doing. Thank you very much. And what you mentioned is super important to get that diversity to turn around and see different nationalities for the drivers and teams and reporters and and make from nascar uh yeah uh let's say a worldwide sport no yes for sure thank you so much thank you very much
0: so looking ahead to the Daytona 500, there is a ton of energy, as I said at the top of the podcast, surrounding this weekend. I hope the racing holds up. I thought that both the truck race and the Xfinity race were incredibly entertaining. I hate that there were big crashes in both of them. I'm glad that Mike Snyder is okay after a frightening crash in the Xfinity race. I, I I hate plate racing because I hate those big crashes. I know people like them a lot, but it's not really my cup of tea. When I look at the field and try to handicap the field. I know everybody is on Gibbs and Hendrick with their four drivers in the top five, and everybody's excited about RFK because they swept the duels, but here's two teams I'm going to be keeping an eye on because I think they have a chance to really steal the show, and they're a little bit under the radar this week. The first one is 2311 racing. Kurt Busch obviously has a win here at Daytona. He's a good plate racer. He pushed Ryan Newman to his one win here at Daytona and then he finally won it himself in 2017 and then Bubba Wallace obviously is an outstanding plate racer. He's His one win is at Talladega last year. He also has a second place in the 500 so I think that's one team to keep an eye on. The other one that I think has a chance to really be a sleeper this weekend is Colleg Racing. Um, Daniel Hemrick and Justin Haley are both really good plate racers Justin Haley actually has a win here um, even though he's a quote unquote rookie although he's not really a rookie uh, in the Cup Series this year I think that they have a chance those two teams to be under the radar and get a win thanks for joining us and we'll have all kinds of analysis and talk about Daytona next week hope to see you then